Hi everyone, and welcome back to The Blast Podcast, a show where we believe movies can be more than just movies. I'm your host, Steve Watts, joined as always by my co-host, Jordan Belfort, and today we are bringing you a very special episode based around the idea of buying stock in an actor. Um, Before we dive in, let's hear a word from our sponsor. As always, The Blast Podcast is presented by The Blast app, which is going to be available sooner than you may realize. Make sure you're following our Instagram page at Blast underscore movies underscore, our TikTok at Blast.movies, and our YouTube channel at Blast.movies to stay up to date on all of our latest content. There you'll find podcast clips, movie ticket reviews from Ty and myself, and up-to-date news on the progress of the app. Lastly, please make sure to check out our app's landing page at BlastMovies.net where you can learn more about what Blast is going to be. Ty, I've got some surprises in my weekly watches this week. <laughs> Let's hear your your brief rundown, I'm sure. <laughs> well, per usual, it's very brief. It was Thanksgiving weekend and did a lot of driving and rare instance where I you know, I was either sleeping or talking with family. I know bizarre concept, but I only watched one movie on my Thanksgiving drives. It was a great one though. Trial of the Chicago Seven. Never got a chance to see it when it came out. Honestly, it kind of flew under the radar for me. I'm pretty sure this was a COVID movie, like a lockdown movie. Only showed on Netflix. Finally got around to seeing it. It's phenomenal. I don't know if you've seen it, but Aaron Sorkin directed and wrote it. JGL's in it. It's a pretty, it's kind of a lot of uh, like that guys in this movie, except for Yaya. He's great in it. Mm. I would highly recommend it. It kind of reminded me of... um. Judas and the Black Messiah. Just tough watch, but very important. Um, Interesting. Is there is is it a courtroom drama? Oh, it's because that would. Oh yeah, it's a it's a courtroom movie with JGL. What's not to love? You know, you know, I'm not a big courtroom drama guy, but um. but it's Sorkin, and I feel like it's one of those where it's not glorified in any way. I argue that maybe the ending is a little bit but it's a very harsh brutal truth of the american justice system and i think it's worth a watch interesting um i'll add it to the long long list that i've got um i kicked off my week with an old one uh i watched when the cat's away which is like one of the original like disney cartoons with like the old-timey mickey mouse silent film with just like the piano playing in the back thought it was pretty dumb um not much else to to really say about it there were there was like one or two good gags wouldn't recommend it it's only like nine minutes long um followed that up with one of the most interesting watches i've had in a while this is thanks killing which is just incredibly strange like the room level of horrible um maybe worse it is about a serial killing turkey. He's got some of the wildest one-liners ever. Um, this entire movie is just completely unhinged. I don't know if I can faithfully recommend it because it's so, so bad. Um, but I watched it with Morgan and a couple of her friends um, at uh, Morgan's Thanksgiving dinner. So it was an interesting one. Um, and for those of you who have seen it, you know that it's not something you want to watch while you eat. Where do you stumble across a movie like Thanksgiving? Like what, what website do you look at? What streaming server? Like what, what made you stumble across something like this? Uh, you know, dead meat, the YouTube channel that does like all the kill counts and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they posted a kill count on Thanksgiving. Like I want to say like three or four years ago and, I started to watch it last Thanksgiving with my sister and one of her friends, and then we couldn't make it through. And this go around, I think it was just the right group. But again, just just a wild one. Um, on the drive to Morgan's Thanksgiving, we listened to a podcast about the Amityville horror and kind of the mystery that still surrounds what happened on the night of the original murders which was pretty interesting to me. Uh, I didn't really know that there was any question about what happened there. And we watched the movie afterwards. I thought it was horrible. 
<laughs> Whoa. Have you seen this one? It's the like 1980s, I think. I have. Um, I I saw it at the same time I saw Poltergeist. I was kind of going through that 80s horror gauntlet. This is when I was younger. My mom was showing me new movies. I don't really remember it brief that much, but I will say I really enjoyed the Amityville callback, and I believe it's in Conjuring 2, the opening scene maybe. I could be totally way off the mark, but I think that that captures the horror of that story the best. I think it is in in maybe Conjuring 2, uh, where like she's like psychically in the the body of the killer. I thought that was cool. Um, this movie just kind of missed the mark for me, uh, especially after just listening to like all the facts of the case. I think did not really help the movie, but still an interesting watch. I followed that up with, I, I, I have a new answer for you. A couple of weeks ago, you asked me, what is your favorite Scooby-Doo of all time? I just saw it last night at four in the morning. <laughs> and this oh is gosh. Scooby-Doo stage fright. This is like one of the most fun watches I've had in a long, long time. Um, it's like Scooby-Doo takes on Phantom of the Opera mixed with um, like American Idol. It's really weird, but it works so well. There's a ton of like twists. I, I had a great time with it. Um, Daphne and Fred have, have a lot of a love story going on there. It was, it was a great watch. <laughs> I can't, it's always something new here. I, every time I look at this sheet, there was a new Scooby-Doo entry, but I'm glad you finally picked your winner. That's, that's big time. Yeah. I, I gave this in an A or like a nine out of 10. This was near perfect wow. for me. Um, then, though, I have the surprises. I purposely left all of these off my letterbox. I left these completely out of the out of the outline and everything. Because over Thanksgiving weekend, I started showing Morgan Star Wars. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Walk me through one, like, I, I'm sure you'll unpack this properly, but. What was her knowledge of Star Wars going into it? What were her thoughts on Star Wars? Like, what order did you watch it in? Like, give me, give me the whole nine yards. So she knew, really the only thing she knew about Star Wars is Darth Vader is Luke's father. So no reason to preserve the twist. Um, I just went straight in. I cut out one because I was worried it was going to be too boring for her. And I didn't think she'd like it. Figure we can revisit that if she ends up liking the rest. But... We started with Attack of the Clones, which she really liked. You started with the prequels. Oh. All right. I, all right. I want to see where this goes. Attack of Maybe the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, Rogue One, and A New Hope. And we watched those four so far. Interesting. Very interesting. You know, I'm a purist. I like going original to prequel, but you're doing something clever here. Did she like seeing Rogue One in that story and then jumping right to A New Hope? Or did the technology gap between a movie that came out in like 2017 versus, you know, 1970s, like did she, did that gap bother her? It didn't seem to bother her with the effects at all. Um, but she seemed more invested uh, in, in the prequel characters than she is in this, in this OG cast right now. Um so that's, I think, going to be maybe her biggest issue. I will say, too, one of the coolest things is since she had never seen the original trilogy, she didn't know any of the characters, really. And she didn't know what the ending of Rogue One was going to be before it started. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. That's a great I'm sure that was a great reaction. How about I'm trying to think of a couple other great ones like. Revenge of the Sith. She doesn't know that Vader's messed up yet. So him getting mowed down at Mustafar, was that a jarring experience or she was like kind of laughing through through him just like crawling up the lava a little bit. Um <laughs> but otherwise she was just really invested. She liked I, I got her rankings before I came on here because I thought you'd ask. Uh she has Revenge of the Sith at her number one. She has Attack of the Clones at her number two, then Rogue One, 
than A New Hope. Very cool. Very interesting. Rogue One's low. Okay. Yeah, right. I would have I would have expected her to like Rogue One more without knowing that ending, but I think something about like the way the story was structured or something just kind of missed with her. Um I love that movie so much though. I like I think that's at my number 2 right now. I don't blame you. You know what's funny is I still haven't seen it since the uh the theater experience. We've talked about this before, but when I saw it in the theaters, I was still like a like a truther or like a purist. So when I didn't get the like title crawl and it jumped right to the movie, I was already pissed off about that. I was missing the Jedi. I something didn't feel right to me, but I know who I am now as a Star Wars fan. I feel like I would just fall in love with this movie. I think you would. I highly recommend revisiting it. Um I think you know this, but I saw this movie five times in theaters when it came out. It was phenomenal. And she, I, I will say, Morgan's reaction to Darth Vader on screen was pretty wild. That is, that's really the only technology gap that I think she really cared about was seeing the amazing duels in episode three and then like geriatric Obi-Wan just like, eh, eh. Um, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is going to be, this is going to be quite the test, Steve. You know, I'm not going to say which movie unless you've already spoiled it for her, but I think she's really going to like one of my favorites. I don't think she will. Um, I don't know though, because she has preemptively fallen in love with the porks. So <laughs> I think she's looking out, forward buddy. to to that one for for the porks <laughs> and that's okay whatever gets a good letter grade hell yeah i'll, I'll take um, it she's she's also looking forward to the ewoks it's gonna be a fun i think we're gonna watch the last five over um uh christmas break whenever she's she's done with that i'm, I'm done with my actuarial exam we might just sit through and get them done but it's it's an adventure and i'm i'm loving her reactions to it I'm calling my shot right now. I would love if we have the same top three. I have a feeling there's a really good shot and I'll send you mine just to confirm it, but I don't want her listening to this and it influencing. So I don't, I'll stay away from my top three, but I also wouldn't be surprised if at the end of this, she says the force awakens is her favorite. Interesting. I can see it. Um, you know, there's going to be a couple I actually, crazy reactions. Yeah, I was looking too. Um, I stumbled across like, have you ever taken the Myers Briggs personality test? No, but I've taken something very similar. Somebody like broke down all the sixteen like personalities in which uh, Star Wars character like matches with each one. I think she lined up with Ray, so maybe maybe that'll really hit home with her. Um, this is going to be so great. I cannot wait for this. <laughs> I'm going to lose get, my get mind. Get her on the pod. If she, and agrees, we're just... if she has your top three, I am going to lose my mind. You know what mine is, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Well, we'll maybe we'll just have to bring her on as a guest and do like a full-blown Star Wars powwow. That would be done. so fun, actually. I'm sure she'd love it. Um, we would just kick the shit out of you with our our star wars takes oh stop it uh (laughs) anyways let's let's get into the stock market because we have talked about star wars for i think like 10 minutes now um which tends to happen when when you and i start with with that i have compiled a list of just over 200 trending actors and essentially created an algorithm to calculate their stock price based on the awards they've received and the box office returns that their movies have made. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't find any kind of way to factor in like streamer movies with stock prices. So, Ty, if you have any ideas with that, or if any listeners have, have any ideas with that, uh, please give us some feedback. Um, a couple things to note before we dig into where we're going to like invest our money is... This uh, spreadsheet was made about a month ago, so some of the box office numbers are just a little bit out of date. Like, we didn't have FNAF in yet. Um, I think that's really the only one that's going to be an impact, which kind of sucks. But 
Uh, we will be checking in on our stocks every six months. Um, we're going to start with $100,000 each. And the maximum number of shares you can buy of any single actor is 10. And we can buy, Ty and I can buy stocks in the same actor. Like we don't have to, it's not mutually exclusive. So I want to start the buying process by asking you, Ty, will there be any of the top 10 stocks on the right, on the market right now in your portfolio? For listeners, the top 10 is as follows. We have Chris Pratt at number one with, uh, with a $13,000 per share price. Tom Holland with 10000 Benedict Cumberbatch with 7000 Margot Robbie with 7700 Josh Brolin with 7.6, Robert Downey Jr. with 7.3, still kind of thriving off of Infinity War and Endgame here. Uh, Chris Hemsworth at 6.6, Seth Rogen at 6.5, Ryan Gosling at 6.5, and finally, Tobey Maguire rounding out our top 10 at 6.2 thousand. I have one person on this list. Oh boy. I'm I'm really interested to hear this. So I, I think the best way to do this, because I know that you and I don't really have the same number of actors in our portfolios. If you're down to just break down your portfolio and we can kind of give our thoughts on, on each investment and then I can take my turn afterwards. I think that's great. Yeah, that works. And I've got a science behind a lot of my picks and it's, there's going to be a theme here. You'll start picking up on it, but I'll get to the top 10 guy towards the end. I'll save that for last. I want to start out with kind of a deep cut here. Someone that was really big in the 90s, was trending up. It seemed like he was going to be a big star and fell off the face of the earth and is slowly starting to make a comeback. And that's Josh Hartnett. I really like this guy. I did growing up. The Faculty was one of my favorite movies as a kid. You know, he just popped up in Oppenheimer. Um I just I feel like Hollywood loves a great comeback story. Look at Brendan Fraser, the run he's made. You know, I'm pretty sure he just he's won a bunch of awards for The Whale. He was in Killers of the Flower Moon. Guy's cooking right now, and I could see Hartnett kind of taking those steps. And you know, that's one thing. You know, maybe he doesn't go get an Oscar, but box office is a big thing here. And there are rumors that Hartnett might land Harvey Dent in the Matt Reeves franchise. Oh wow! And I am. I am buying heavy on Josh, Hart- Josh Hartnett here to become Harvey Dent and sell his stock maybe in like 10 years after he's done being Dent. So it is, and Hartnett was originally cast as Bruce Wayne in the, in the Nolan Batmans and then Bale kind of took over, right? Or am I mistaken there? I don't know if it was Hartnett. That would be crazy. I'm pretty sure, I, I I'm no pretty sure that's him. Cause I, we're talking about the, um, he was in H2O, Halloween H2O, right? I, could, I couldn't call it. He's for sure in the faculty. If you see his face, you know who I'm talking about, but he is the American professor in Oppenheimer. Oh, yep. Okay. Yeah, so he's up for Dent, and I'm kind of betting on that horse right now. And there's a guy not listed on your spreadsheet that is also in the running for Harvey Dent. So I'm going to cheat here. I know you said... I can only buy 10 shares, but if he's not on this list, I'm treating him like a penny stock. I'm buying 1,000 shares of Joel Edgerton. He is the other guy that is potentially going to be Harvey Dent. Great actor. He's been in some smaller, intimate, but really good stories like It Comes at Night, The Gift. Like He does some really good work. He's in Warrior, one of my favorites. If he ends up becoming Dent, it's like buying Dogecoin. You are... You're swimming in it. Yeah. Um, I actually tried to add him to the spreadsheet, but his all of his recent roles have been in streamers, and it just didn't really work out. Um, so again, any ideas, listeners, please uh, shoot them our way. So I know I, I want to kick off with my Harvey Dent takes. So again, my, my science behind that is, the Matt Reeves franchise is the only solidified superhero franchise right now that I believe in being a box office hit for the next five, six years. So I'm leaning heavy on those guys. But pivoting away from the Batman, there is one other DC 
property right now that I think has a chance to be a big box office blow up. The only difference between Hartnett, Edgerton, and this guy is he has a chance at winning not one but two Best Picture um, Oscar. You know, he might he might win an Oscar for Best Picture for two movies this year. That's Joaquin Phoenix. I'm buying heavy on this guy's stock. Even if he doesn't win for Bo's Afraid or Napoleon, it's very possible he doesn't win for either. But the guy's going to get nominated every single year for the next like five, six years. He's going to become the Joker um, in the sequel with um, Lady Gaga. That movie's going to make a billion dollars. I, I have no doubt. Yeah. So I'm, I'm betting high on those two factors there. So my question to you is, um, I, I agree. I think he is going to get nominated probably at least once uh, for probably like four out of the next five years. Do you think he ever wins another in, in, in the next, let's say, 20 years? Well, that's hard to say. You know, it's really weird with actors. Like, I, you got to play the game a little bit. I don't know if Joaquin Phoenix plays the game. I'm going to say no. I think he gets nominated a bunch, but I don't think he wins another Oscar. I agree. It, it bad beat, but hey, I'll take the nominations. I think his stock's going to continue to climb. I think getting him at twelve seventy eight a share is a steal, and I'm buying heavy on him. I, I like that buy. I thought about buying him, but I just, uh, I don't know. I, you know my What's thoughts the- on Bo is afraid. You know our shared opinions on Napoleon. Um. I don't, I don't know. He's just not really my – it's not a guy that I want to root for right now. Okay, so it's not necessarily like a numbers thing. It's just it, – maybe it's an ethical thing. I'm trying to think of like a company comp for you. Um, like I just can't buy into these guys. It's like uh, – it's honestly kind of like the Colts with Gardner Minshew. Like <laughs> everything about that team is fun to watch right now. They're putting up 25 points a game. But it's Gardner Minshew, and you're kind of like, uh, you know. I get it. I totally get it. I, you know, it sucks because I Minshew was the man like a year and a half ago. The guy's totally fallen off the face of earth. Yeah. So, poor guy. Moving on, though. Someone that, in a weird way, I never loved growing up. I always thought he was immensely overrated as a talent, as an acting talent. I just thought he was good looking. Brad Pitt. I feel like has been on the craziest run the last five years. And I don't think he has any intentions of slowing down. It's, you know, he'll do like a big, big fun action movie, like bullet train, and then step back, pull off something a little bit more nuanced than Babylon or go for the Oscar push. And once upon a time in Hollywood, he's just, he's kind of cooking right now. He's picking all the right projects, all the right roles. I think he's doing a movie with, um, the guy from Snowfall, the lead, Damson Idris, I believe, is doing an F1 movie. That movie's going to make a ton of money. I, He's just someone, it's such a safe bet at, you know, sixteen eighty three a share. I'm nuking Brad Pitt's stock for the next five, six years. I like that. Um, I, again, passed on Brad Pitt. Maybe we have zero overlap here. You're, you're making me nervous, man. Um Pitt, I, I love what he's done recently, but I don't know how many years he has left in him. Interesting. So I get this I get this stance, and I'm going to come back to this theory I have, but Bob De Niro has changed my outlook on acting talent and sustainability for everyone else on my list here. Like, that used to be my thing. It's like, okay, Brad Pitt, he's aging out. Like, it's over for him. But I feel like he's starting to enter this new era of BP where I feel like he has another chance to land an Oscar. I think it's a new era of Brad Pitt. That's why I think he has a chance um, of doing something special. Like Bob De Niro might get an Oscar at, you know, 80 plus years old. It's crazy. I think that Brad Pitt's of the world, some other guys that may end up on my list, I think are also going to try and make that leap to become one of the greats. That's why I'm betting high on Brad Pitt, even at this age. That's fair. Um, you know, Bob De Niro just had like another kid. Was it Bob De Niro or Al Pacino? I mean, maybe it was both, but it, it what could have a been mess. both. I, I read about De Niro though. I'm pretty sure, and I was like, maybe this guy's not as old as I thought. <laughs> He's gaming. Yeah. He's gaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't we didn't put that in any element of the of the the stocks here, but maybe that maybe that boosts his stock. I don't know. <laughs> All of a sudden, we'll have to play that buying in. Philip Rivers stock. 
<laughs> Please, Phil, come to the big screen. <laughs> um, okay. So taking a step back, I've had a lot of, you know, seasoned veterans on my list. All right. And I want to I want to dial it back. I want to go get someone a little bit younger, but has that same Oscar buzz. You know, young guy, a lot of promise. It's very clear he's going to win an Oscar in the next 10 years. He's in a lot of big budget movies. I'm going Timothy Chalamet here. I This is an absolute no-brainer for me. He's going to be in Wonka. That movie's going to make a ton of money. It's probably going to spit. Lead to a couple sequels. He's going to be in the biggest sci-fi franchise maybe of all time in Dune. This is so easy for me. Is this the first overlap we have? I I don't I don't have him. Um I thought oh. about it heavily, but the share price is a little too. It was a little too high for me. I think I don't, I don't remember what it was, but I, I don't know, man. I I love him in in Dune, but that's pretty much it. I think Wonka's going to be a tremendous flop, and I, I might buy at the dip after that. Okay, I like that take, but I don't know, man. the The guy just cooks. The Call Me by Your Name. I'm. It's the movie I'm blanking where he's with uh, Steve Carell, beautiful boy, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think he's super talented. This is a no-brainer for me at 924 a share. Yes, it may be high right now, but you know, three years from now, it's probably going to be closer to 4,500. Like we're talking Zendaya territory. Fair. This was this was an easy buy for me. And then um, keeping it young here, like I said, I want to get a couple guys here that I think can have box office success and also chase an Oscar. And I am going to butcher his name because I refuse to learn it, but Barry Cohegan. Barry Keegan. <laughs> Thank you. From, uh, from Green Knight. That's what I know him from. Mm-hmm. But no, funny enough, I mean, I think he's in Saltburn right now. He's one of those names where when you're thinking of young actors that could win an Oscar, I think he's on a short list of six or seven guys. But more importantly, similar to Hartnett and Edgerton, this guy, he plays the Joker in the Matt Reeves universe. He's probably going to be in a couple more movies. I'm sure they'll do a Joker show, similar to the way they're doing Penguin. Not that that matters, but it's going to build up buzz and probably turn into some big box office dollars for the movies. I I think this is a good bet at 767 a share. Yeah, I here, like this guy. He's trending upwards. Here's a hot take for you. Um, I think Barry Keegan is going to end up going down as one of the greatest character actors of all time. Um, I, I don't know if don't he it. can really step into a lead role, uh, but God damn, man, in, in any supporting role, he is throwing 100. He, he can cook. Do, uh, is this our first overlap? I would be surprised if it's not. It's It's not. Man, so you really just went for some value bets here. I have a lot of guys that I think you're going to say, oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, I, I, I love my list here, my, my portfolio. I'm sure you do. Um, I, there's one guy that was on my list that I scrapped for one of the top tenors just to boost up my, get fill in that a hundred thousand that I know we would have overlapped on. So we'll, we'll dive into that, but, um, let's, let's keep it, let's keep it dialed in on me here. One of my last few stocks here, I mentioned Brad Pitt and how I think he can sustain greatness and keep chasing the Oscar. I think that Leonardo DiCaprio has no intentions of slowing down. Yes, he's been more selective in his movies, but I think he's been picking great roles and trying to still be the greatest actor in the world. Killers of the Flower Moon, even something like Don't Look Up. The guy's bringing 100. He's he. The movie itself may not be a perfect 10 out of 10, but he's dialed in at all times. I think he's going to keep. He's working with Marty Scorsese again in the future. I, this is kind of a no-brainer for me. Even if it's a buy for two, three years and sell, I, I like Leo here. Interesting. Um, I again passed on on Leo. Um, I, I'm wondering if we have any overlap here. I the the concern for me with Leo is it could be another three years before he does a movie. Um, I don't know, especially with Killers. I, I don't know if he makes this Oscar run and then it's like, all right, I'm going to step back for another three years. I, I feel like he he disappears from time to time. 
Patience, man. Patience. You buy them at 460. You hold, you hold, you hold. Makes an Oscar push in two years, three years with the new Marty movie. Jumps up to 600. You sell. We just got to get you on Robin Hood a little bit more. You know? <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. In and out. Get in, get in, get out. Mm-hmm. Was like your strategy more like, I'm going to take someone that's 20 years old, everyone listening that hasn't seen the movie, and then I'll sell it in 15 years? Is that more your strategy? I've got mostly young actors on this. Yeah. Um, a lot of talents okay. that I think are going to be pretty humming for the next 30 years or so. Perfect. Yeah, so let me just curb stop you for the first five years of this podcast, and then I'll buy in on those guys and do it again. I'm thinking that's my strategy. Their rise is closer than you think, I think. But um, We'll see. We'll see. I could be wrong. I got two more. I got two more. Okay. I got two more. One of them, again, not on your spreadsheet, but I feel like someone that's younger that you would want to buy in on because it's a penny stock, Taron Edgerton. I think, again, on that short list of young guys that can win an Oscar. I think he's one of the most talented guys working today. He may, it's just rumors, but I think he may be. Uh, slated to be one of the next like superhero guys, whether it's DC or Marvel. I know that everyone wants him to be Wolverine. Will it happen? I don't know. But there's some big box office potential for this guy. There's a new Kingsman movie coming out. You know, he did. You know, he did the Elton John movie. There, there is a space for Taron Edgerton. I think there are people that would show up for Taron Edgerton. So I agree. Um, are you just like collecting Edgertons or? If there's any more for me to grab, I'll take them. <laughs> um, but no, I've got one more pick. And this was my only like crazy dollar value. This is like buying a couple shares of Google or Tesla and just holding. I'm going RDJ, man. I get the argument. Like, okay, he's done being Iron Man. He, this is why his stock is so inflated. That's fine. Again, if we're reevaluating in six months... Perfect. Let me buy him right now. And then when he wins supporting actor at the Oscars for Oppenheimer, I can sell his stock. If I decide not to sell or just sell half, I can come back in five years when Marvel's in shambles and they pay him a gazillion dollars to come back (laughs) as Iron Man. And the movie makes seven billion dollars. And then I'm flying high. I've got I've got Bitcoin right here. Yeah, awesome. Um I thought about buying RDJ, but I couldn't pull the trigger. I actually think he is going to be, he's probably going to be nominated for an acting role. I'm going to guess like three of the next five years. I don't think that's ridiculous. I haven't heard any buzz around like his next projects, but he's got chops that no one's seen because he's been playing Iron Man for 10, 11 years. My, my dad says RDJ was, was supposed to be that guy. And then, Obviously, personal life kind of threw it away for you know almost ever, and then it was revitalized with Iron Man. But he's on his he's on his way back. Yeah, I I like it. Um, I think it's a good buy. How many shares did you get of him? Let me check the numbers real quick. <laughs> I got five. I got five shares of Downey. Nice. All right. So I'll give a quick recap on there. I know we'll do a full powwow after this, but I got eight of Hartnett. A thousand of Joel Edgerton and Taron Edgerton each because they're penny stocks. Uh, ten shares of Joaquin, five of Brad Pitt, ten of Chalamet, ten of Keegan, ten of Leo, five of Downey. Nice. Um, I I will say I have a much more diversified portfolio here. Um, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay. I don't want to like throw you way off way off the trail here. I'm sure he's on your list, and I'm dying to talk about him. I am kicking myself, but almost not kicking myself. Is Calvin Harrison Jr. on your list? Absolutely, he is. I knew it. I knew. It. I just, I wasn't sure. Like that, the Cavalier movie came out, and I feel like no one saw it. Like he's obviously extremely ta- talented. You're, you've got to be leaning the Oscar push, right? Not box office. I okay. So looking at his career, because I legitimately didn't know he was in anything after Waves, and I was kind of freaking out, and then I looked at his IMDb, and I was like, oh my god, he's just doing boring shit. Um, <laughs> Try out the Chicago 7. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm hoping that either 
he does make some Oscar push. He does some more waves type movies that are going to get, or trial of the Chicago seven type movies that are going to get some more critical attention. Or I think that there is a universe where he comes out and plays a superhero and just springs onto the scene in like a way that Jonathan majors did kind of um, where like all of a sudden within like three months, he's a household name after nobody knew who he was for however many years. When we first started doing these podcasts and I started putting stuff on TikTok, one of my first takes, when they still hadn't announced who was going to be Superman, it was very coy about which Superman was going to be put on the big screen, whether it was Clark Kent or Val Zod. And I was making this big push that, you know, the Clark Kent stuff was a you know, sliding door, um, red herring, Trojan horse, and it was actually going to be Val Zod played by Calvin Harrison, not Michael B. Jordan. I think there's a world where that, that does happen. I don't know if he's going to play Superman or not, but the guy's got the chops. He's young enough. Um, I think it could work. I like that. Um, but before you keep diving in, I this is what's been driving me nuts. So, like, Chalamet was too much money for you per share. How much is KHJ? Uh, he is six eighty nine. So I bought ten shares for about seven thousand dollars. What was the big deal with Chalamet at nine twenty four? I don't know, man. I just don't really like him. Like, oh. okay. Here, here's the comp here. So, if if you're if you're in a fantasy football draft, and you're like, all right, I got <laughs> your your last two choices at QB are Josh Dobbs or Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson's playing out of his mind. I'm taking Dobbs every time and taking the hit at points. I can't like it's. I, I want to root for the guys I'm going to root for, you know. And I still think Harrison is a great investment, but Chalamet, I just don't really like that much. <laughs> okay, I good for you. I, I I'm all about making money here, so I took that approach. I wanted to beat you at this game. <laughs> I'm not looking to make friends with my investments. Okay, uh, sounds good. Uh, um, the first share or the first actor I bought stock in is a guy who I think is going to have the biggest Oscar run, like maybe of all time, over the next fifteen years, and that's Paul Mescal. You knew that this it, was coming, right? I would imagine you got ten shares of this guy. Oh yeah. I mean, that that's a great take, and this is one guy that. I can assure you will never become the superhero guy. It is strictly going to be Oscars. So you have to bank on it. But I feel like the whole world knows who Paul Mescal is right now. He's red hot. There are, I think, three movies that he's coming uh, coming out with in the next like year or two. And all of those are like those just total Oscar bait, like boring shit that's also character work that's kind of subpar. They're all those types of movies that the Academy just eats up and I'm waiting for him to just feast on uh, in award season, man. Even if he just gets nominated. Was he nominated for after Sun? He was. Okay. See, what did you get him share price wise? Cause my only concern here, I mean, maybe you got him at a great discount because he doesn't get any boost for normal people, right? Because it was a show. Right, yeah, he does not get any boost. And that's another thing that, um, listeners, if you have any ideas, I looked at a lot of ways that I could try and do shows. I also looked at ways I could try and do upcoming movies with, like, calculating in budgets for upcoming projects. So, like, Chalamet's price would have gone up for Dune Part 2, even though it's not out yet. But with just the way that budgets are reported uh, right now, I, it, it was too hard, and I couldn't really figure anything anything out that would work. Um, but yes, uh, he does not get any credit for normal people. I got him at a steal of nine, $9.43 a share. Oh, um, what a steal. And, what a steal. And speaking of steals, I got Josh Hutcherson, the lowest price stock on the list. I got 10 shares for seven bucks. I can't believe you didn't get anything of him, man. Well, in fairness, I made my list of guys like two months ago when we talked about this algorithm. So, you know, maybe, maybe if there were some updated box office numbers, I would, I would have come back to it, but no, great, great find, great find catching this in the glitch in the matrix. I'm kind of kicking myself for it. 
You, I mean, what you got it at what? Uh, seven cents a share. Yeah, seven cents a share. Um, that's literally Bitcoin right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you won. That you won. Yeah, it's bullshit, but you won. Um. Okay. The next actor is a little bit of a bigger name that I feel like hasn't done as much lately. This is Lupita Nyong'o. Um. I got only five shares of her for about $20,000. I am really excited about this one though. I think she is also going to kind of rule this, this acting world for the next few years, at least. You know, what's funny is yes, she's going to be a household name for ever, I think, but I don't think the Oscars come for like another 15, 20 years. I think she's going to play some like great, I don't know. I feel like she's going to be in the superhero world for a little bit longer. MCU stuff may hold her back from winning that Oscar. I think that once that stuff is over, Nyong'o gets her Oscar. I envision her working with Jordan Peele again. Um, hope, hopefully in the near future. I loved Us. I know you were... Were you not as big of a fan of it? or I, it's, I mean, I like Get Out more. Fair. But she's great in it. And that there's no question about it. And you know, I didn't even think about that. What a box office. That's that's big time box office numbers. Any Jordan Peele movie going forward. Yeah. Um, and Good find. Kind Look of at you. In a similar vein here, I have another five shares of Michelle Yao for about $10,000. Um, wow. This is, I, I think, hear, the hottest. I want to hear the actress. science on this. What? I want to hear the science on this. You think she's going to cook something up after everything everywhere? I think that. She's really in demand right now. The The performance she gave in Everything Everywhere was amazing. We already saw her get the quick casting call for A Haunting in Venice, as bad as that movie was. But I think that going forwards, she kind of gained that household name. Like, you know, you talk about Michelle Yeoh now, and people know who she is, even if you're not, like, from the film community for the most part, in my experience, at least. And I think that she will be able to capitalize on this quite a bit going forward interesting take i think this is one you buy right now and sell quickly i mean you can measure quickly differently but a couple years i don't know if it's sustainable i will say though there are like a couple other sneaky michelle yo projects that like could have big box office potential again to your point she's hot right now marvel loves that disney loves that maybe even dc she may get a role in one of those superhero movies as like the big bad. I don't know. It could happen. But she was also in Crazy Rich Asians, and that movie made a ton of money. Mm-hmm. I don't know if a sequel's in the works, but if it is, I mean, oh yeah, that's yeah, that's big time. That's big time stock price jump. You better believe that factored into the decision. Um, the next actor is one that I was almost positive we would we would share on our list here. I have five shares of John Boyega for eight thousand uh, dollars. You know what's funny? Like again, I know I know what you're going for. Like you're betting on people that you like. Hollywood blacklisted John Boyega. That's the only reason I stayed away. That's fair. I think they clone Tyrone got so much buzz that I think Boyega could make a comeback here, um, and I'd love to see it if he if he can. Uh, I don't know. I was surprised, man. I, I I get not not believing in him, but this is a no, guy no, that... no. Don't hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! Do not twist my words. It is not about not believing in John Boyega. It's not believing in the system. It's okay. I critiqued my own project, a big Disney, you know, monopoly. Like he he went after Mickey Mouse, and you can't beat Mickey Mouse. And there was a reason he kind of fell off the face of the earth for three, four years, and. I like they clone Tyrone. I like John Boyega. He's great, but I just don't know if you you make that climb. If he does, cheers. I just don't think he's going to be anything big box office related, and he will never win an Oscar because of that. It's like you have to be you have to be in the camp to 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 win those awards. You know what I mean? I think. Uh, I guess my big thing is like we see actors do huge projects, maybe not criticizing the the makers as much uh or or anything but like pattinson uh being in harry potter and twilight and then just laying low for a few years and coming back up 
been like just extremely fast. Same thing with kind of Andrew Garfield falling off the face of the earth after Spidey. And he's really made a climb recently into those Oscar category conversations again. I like both of those comps. I think the only difference here is it, it felt different for them. They were with Pattinson twilight kind of got some bad buzz felt like the fans weren't happy with the, the finale with Andrew Garfield. No one really liked Tasm 2 when it came out. They were, they were almost just cast away because of that. I think with Boyega, it was, I can't stand Rise of Skywalker and what they did with my character and openly criticizing it. I, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, I, I like the trajectory that you are rooting for Boyega, Boyega to have is very realistic. I just don't think the Oscar noms will come with it. I get that, but what's stopping? I feel like that is the perfect, like, all right, time to do A24 movies for the next 10 years. Yeah, I mean, that would be great. I just, you would have to hope for big box office numbers. Fair. Um, Okay, next on my list, I have a younger actress that I'm really surprised hasn't been, like, exploding recently. This is Saoirse Ronan. Yeah, yeah. This was another one that was on my list, but yeah, good, I, good I mean, I loved her in Lady Bird, Little Women, all that. I'm I'm sure that I'm, I'm I was surprised she wasn't in Barbie, frankly, um, with her connection to Greta Gerwig. But I would not be surprised if the next Greta Gerwig film stars her. Um, I'd love to see more of her on screen. I think she's one of the most talented actresses of this generation, like probably top five. Would you, if you would agree with that, um, she's got some she, chops. She's great. And it's funny. Like I wish that she had the same recognition beyond like the film community that Florence Pugh has. I feel like everyone knows who Pugh is and how great she is, but I don't know. Like, you know, let's, let's show some love for some, some other, uh, female actresses, you know? I, I think that's fair. Um, following that up, I'm going to rattle through a couple of these, we have Kelvin Harrison Jr.'s co-star, Taylor Russell, in, from Waves. Um, Great pick. She was just in Bones and All with Chalamet, uh, your boy, apparently. And I <laughs> I think that she is going to explode as well. Um, she also did those two Escape Room movies, which I wasn't necessarily a huge fan of either, but I think they were good. Um, and they make money. Yeah, they make money. Yeah. And I I think that she, if she moves into away from the blockbuster and into more like character work movies, like waves, I could see her getting some Oscar noms like fairly soon, actually. Again, one of those, I I think it's going to be a couple years before it happens. I think she's playing the game very well right now. I think that, I don't know, maybe, maybe she's one more blockbuster away from pivoting towards strictly small stuff where she could get, get some Oscar buzz. That's fair. Um, after that, I have Amanda Stenberg. I think after bodies, 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 she's going to skyrocket. I wouldn't be surprised if she gets like two blockbusters in the next three years. Is she the one from bottoms? Uh, no, that's IO Dabiri, who is also on okay. my list. I might as well say, um, <laughs> I also bought 10 shares of Iowa Dabiri. Awesome voice work in TMNT. Awesome in Bottoms. I thought she was great. And I also got her co-star from Bottoms and another person from Bodies, 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 Rachel Sanat, who I also think is really on the rise. Man, dialed in here. I am. I have, there are so many actors I really love are fairly like in, in an early part of their career. And I'm fine holding these for a long time. I think that I think these picks are going to age really well. Um, Edabiri and Sanat and Stenberg, I think, could all have have some blockbusters coming up. I, I really think so. I'm rooting for you, but to your point, like you've got you've got them very early on. Like I, I have full intention of just dick kicking you with the six month recap. I think I've got a very good shot here of, you know, I like, you know, five years from now, you may, you know, take the crown, but I, you know, I, I like my strategy, you know, fair get, enough. Get them, Quick money. Get, get them right here. Yeah. <laughs> Getting it out. Um, 
I have Jesse Buckley. I bought 10 shares in, in Jesse Buckley as well. I think she's awesome. You know, I like kind of fell in love with her work in, um, uh, I'm thinking of ending things, but she was also great in women talking. I think that she will have a very fruitful career in the next three years too. Um, the next one though, is absolutely uh, just my bias. I'm I'm getting ten shares in Olivia Cook because of Little Fish and Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, and I just love everything about her acting. <laughs> this is like this is like drafting Joyke Bell because you're a Detroit Lions fan. I feel like that's just that's like a Steve pick, you know, like something intimate. That's fair. I um, I, I like that comp. The next actress I have is 10 shares in Carrie Mulligan. Um, I can't believe that she was, she's only about $6 or $60 a share, I believe. And holy shit, man, she's hot right now. Uh, Promising Young Woman was only two or three years ago. And I thought she was, I, I mean, she got all that awards attention for that movie. I thought she was amazing in it. I wouldn't be surprised if she has, this is my Leo. I guess this is my, she's going to come back every three years and really put in a heater. <laughs> yeah. I, it's hard to argue with that, you know? Um, next on my list is one that I'm kind of surprised you passed over, but I guess you haven't seen her movies. Uh, this is, I, I got 10 shares in Mia Goth who, uh, yeah. Pearl and X, right? Yeah. Pearl X and infinity pool. Um, she's kind of like the queen of horror right now. And, uh, with, Maxine coming out soon. This is supposed to be, I don't know if you've heard anything about it. It's like a superhero movie where she's also a slasher villain. It sounds awesome. <laughs> is uh same director coming back? Yeah. Ty West. Ty West. Okay, cool. Very cool. Um, that's due. That's due to make a lot of money. Absolutely. You know, like I question cause you were backpacking the algorithm. Is it just box office dollars or is it box office in relation to the budget? Because horror is the play here for the future. It is strictly box office numbers. Again, I really had trouble finding like reliable information on any budgets, um, whether upcoming or currently out. And like, if you look, you can find Dune's budget listed as like a hundred million and 400 million and anywhere in between. Um, so I, I just left that out. Yeah. Something we can beef up in the future, but something to consider. I think that would be a great way to measure someone's success because you pick a project like Pearl or X where it's made for 10 million and it makes, you know, 55, 60. That's, that's pretty good. You know? Yeah. Um, a couple more. I have Dev Patel and Alicia Vikander. The, the Green Knight stars, I I mean, Dev Patel is always around, just cooking. Um, and Alicia Vikander has been on a sneaky good run the last, like, five years. Uh, pretty much ever since Ex Machina, she's been, like, slowly climbing her way into more, more and more roles that are, frankly, just better and better. Um, I, I love her uh, stock this year. Man, you, you've got all the, the young, promising talent. I just now I'm thinking too, man, did I miss out on um did I miss out on Dev Patel? Did I potentially miss out on Kaluya? Like I think I think Dev Patel, there there might be a world where that guy lands bond. Oh Who yeah. Who knows if it happens, yeah. but if that does, that stock's gonna go nuclear. Um I have two last picks. I'm sorry. My portfolio was uh much more diverse than yours. Rounding out my my class, I have Riz Ahmed who, again, is just cooking uh-huh. pretty much everywhere right now. Um, and then <laughs> the last one I have is Mahershal Ali, who I think could have a bigger role in Beyond the Spider-Verse. And if that happens, then I think it's going to blow away everything. You've got Spider-Verse and you have Blade come whenever it decides to come out, but... Man, that is that's a great God damn it, how did I miss Ali? That's that's such a no brainer. What'd you get him? Uh what's the share price? Uh it was nine hundred dollars a share. So I got oh. ten shares for nine K. Oh. oh 
that one slipped under my radar. That that's a great pick. Thank that's you. a great one to end on. I I I love uh, both of our portfolios. Honestly, I am very surprised. I was a hundred percent positive you were going to buy TC. No, I can't. I can't. Was he not? Yeah. How was he not on top 10? That's crazy. I don't know, man. I don't know. I was just as shocked. But if you look at this top 10, so basically I'm only factoring in uh, stuff from the last five years because I feel like movies past that kind of gets iffy on if they're contributing to relevance anymore. And like a lot of these guys, you have Pratt, Holland, Cumberbatch, Brolin, Downey, Hemsworth, yeah, that's seven. Seven of the top ten were in Infinity War and Endgame, which just barely yeah. sneak in. It's all it's all but or all box office, which makes me wonder. Like a couple years from now, do you cheat the system? You buy Sam Worthington for the Avatar movies and just ride the coattails? I think, I think so. Yeah, I mean that's you're a potential still play. Be taking a hit though from Way of the Water is. Uh, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he might be in the top ten just from that. That's that's so true. Now it's too late. I I don't even think he was on our our list, was he? No. Oh, I could have totally just stole that one. Kept up with your FNAF pick. That is that is a sneaky um, element here. I think I may have you beat if it weren't for that Hutcherson FNAF play. Yeah, I dude. If. <laughs> Assuming they make like at least a trilogy there, I think that's a gold mine. Yeah, I I, I want to know what the number is uh, for Hutcherson if we have the box office numbers. Um, I will calculate it out, point. but um, I'm sure it's going to be closer to leading role within the last year. How much money did that make? Is uh, it's going to be pretty high? Weekend. It's going to be pretty high. Yeah. So there's an asterisk. Yeah, there's an asterisk, but but way to work, way to work the system. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to do before we close this out? I'm I'm super excited. We finally got to shoot this. Um, it took me probably two months to like develop the whole spreadsheet system that that this uh, these stock prices are based on, and just a lot of combing through IMDb and everything. So. It's fun to see it come to fruition. I would love to, maybe when we revisit this in six months, we bring on another uh, uh, a guest and have them invest another hundred thousand. See, see where they go. I'm I'm so in on that. I have to ask. So I know I was kicking myself for the Mahershala Ali pick. Anyone on my list where you're like, God damn it, I slipped up there. Uh you know, you got a lot of guys that I don't really like. Um, I don't think so. Maybe Downey, because um, I think I made my list before uh, before Oppenheimer came out. But mm, okay. Otherwise, I mean, I'm pretty happy with who I got. I don't know who I would kick off to get Downey. I, well, that's okay. You know, forget it. I I love your list. I'm cracking up right now because producer Jack. Um, just rattle off his his investments. Uh, he said he's putting all of his money on Ben Affleck, Jeremy Renner, and Rebecca Hall. Asterix. He's putting a hundred million on Rebecca Hall. For anyone listening, the only movie producer Jack has ever seen is The Town. <laughs> so th- that that's the reason for his his picks right there. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to tease anything too too prematurely here, but uh, we're looking at our December calendar and. If we can get producer Jack on a pod, I think it's going to be a, a wild ride. <laughs> if producer Jack hops on a pod, everyone listening needs to watch the town beforehand. It needs to be like a preliminary action so that Jack has something to talk about. We're going we're gonna to be doing a pod about like, they, who cares? Like it's some kind of Christmas movie and he's going to be talking about the... Well, actually, know, the, the town is a Christmas movie because it just embodies the spirit of Santa Claus. <laughs> No, no, Jack. No, it doesn't. It, that's not going to work. Why the town is the greatest Star Wars movie ever? No, no, Jack. No, you can't. That doesn't work. That won't work. You, um, before I met producer Jack, he used to always tell me that he had a list of things, um, like a, a checklist to see if it was a movie for him. And 
uh, since meeting him, I've asked him to elaborate on it. And he said, it's only one box. And is it, is this movie the town? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great checklist. That's a great checklist. Oh God. Um, we need, we, we need to, all right, you know what? That's something we need to do for maybe a pod down the line with producer Jack. We all bring our checklists. Like we have our actual checklist for a Steve movie and a Thai movie. And then a producer Jack version. Is this movie 12 angry men? Yes or no? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, uh, don't get me into 12 angry men right now. Um, I love the idea though. I think that'd be a fun pod. I'm all in. Okay. Am I good to close this out? Yep. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Blast Podcast. Be sure to check out our website at blastmovies.net to stay up to date on all our latest content and news, as well as our Instagram at blast underscore movies underscore and our TikTok at blast.movies, where we're posting podcast clips now. We'll catch you next week.